to Menopause Morph, your time to change. We're here to help you thrive through your menopause, bringing you experts in many fields to help you from perimenopause to menopause and beyond to become the strong, vibrant woman nature intended you to be. Hosted by Pauline McCarthy of the Pearls of Pauline. Pearls of wisdom, compassion, and joy. Hello, welcome to this week's Menopause Morph. Today we have a lovely lady, Sue Legacy. She is a licensed clinical social worker and psychologist in private practice. She is the author of two books about finding joy. The Joy of Nada, a humorous memoir of self-discovery, and The Joy of Anxiety, transforming your worry to wonder in the second half of your life. Our speciality is helping people in the second stage of life find more joy and meaning in their lives, even with all the anxieties and worries of our daily life. She has a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio called The Joy of Anxiety. Sue lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, with her husband of 26 years and her two Chihuahua mixed dogs, Nada and Toto. Welcome, Sue. Thank you, Pauline. It's good to be here. I really like the name of your dogs, Nada and Toto. Is that something to do with living in New Mexico, the Spanish? You know, we it works well in New Mexico, but they were actually named in Texas, which is where we're from. Okay. Named okay. Nada because she's a little bit of nothing, and Toto because I wanted her to be the reflection of him. So it's... <laughs> A little bit of all and nothing. Okay, that's great. That's great. And um, so you help people with their anxiety. I think a lot of menopausal women suffer from anxiety and, and low self-esteem and things like that. Before we, uh, before we get into what you want to tell us, could you just tell us a little bit about your menopausal experiences? Specifically, my menopausal experiences. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, like I mean, they, like symptoms, and you know, you know, yeah. what was your worst symptom? Was it hot flushes? Was it memory loss? Was it um, wanting to kill your husband with a knife? <laughs> it, it, it was all of the above, <laughs> and I had really bad PMS. I started my menstruation at eleven, wow. and I didn't mm-hmm. stop until I was fifty-five. Oh, so for forty or whatever, however many years that is, I was had 10 days of cravings and bloating and moodiness and crankiness and grouchiness. It was really, really awful. I had cramps. I also had really bad cramps. Yeah. So when I got closer to perimenopause, they kind of ramped up. And I talked to my doctor and I said, is this, is this menopause or what is this? What am I in? I'm still getting my period, though not as often. And they said, this is called perimenopause. And it's probably worse. To me, it's worse than menopause because yeah. it's that leading up to you finally getting rid of it. But I had, I had terrible symptoms and I used herbal tinctures. I finally decided to use bioidentical hormones. And when I did for four years, I felt normal. But it was so unusual because I had had anxiety all my life. Yeah. So, and, and these symptoms. So the hormones made me feel normal and, and feel actually good about life. So I thought I better go off of them. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't know about this. So, but it was tough. It's tough. And I, I still have, I still have hot flashes, but not nearly as badly as they used to be. Okay. And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 63. Oh my goodness. And you look younger than me. Oh no. Tell me your secret. <laughs> well, maybe it was those hormones I took for four years. My mother's family just was very you know, they took a lot of vitamins and supplements and very alternative remedies, and mm-hmm. they all looked really young. They aged well. Yeah. I, that's all I, if, if it's anything, it might be that, genetics. Okay. And do you think it could be, also have a lot to do with the fact that you have learned to cope with anxiety or make it joyful? You know, it could be. I really will say it could be because I felt when I was going through menopause, 
and the perimenopause, I felt so old. I felt like I looked really old. You know, I was always in this down state and um, trying to feel better. But when I realized that you can, it's not an either or, and you could actually find joy in your anxiety, that was quite a, a transformation for me. So yeah, it might it might have something to do with okay, that. Okay, so I'm, I'm very um, interested to find out how you help people with their anxiety. Well, what I do is I help them focus and pinpoint where it's coming from. What's going on with them that they, are they dwelling in the past? Uh, do they have past regrets like, you know, if only I had done this or if only I hadn't done that. Sometimes we don't realize that, that our past is affecting us. Mm-hmm. So I help them just figure it out if that's what's going on. Or I help them figure out if they have these future worries like, well, they're always concerned about the future. And, and what if this happens or what if that happens? All the possibilities of things that could go wrong. Because really, if we stay in the past or we're worried about the future, there is no joy. What we're trying to do is control our lives. Anne Lamont, I don't know if you're familiar with her. She, she writes books. She's just a great author. But she, she says, forgive all hope. When we worry about the past and we're trying to change it, we forget and forgive all hope of having had a better past. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like um, I heard a quote one time about, uh, you know, if you're just thinking in the past, you're carrying all that baggage with you. And that's like really heavy. So just drop it, you know, and make your life lighter. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that when people learn how to drop it, how to forgive themselves for things that they wish they hadn't done. Yeah. And also forgive other people. They can feel lighter, and they can, and that's where they find joy. You can't, you can't find it when you're stuck back there. So I also help them with realizing we can't control the past or the future. And the serenity prayer is something that I really offer my clients all the time. You know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really quite important, that isn't it? Yeah, I, I because I do. I know this philosophy, not, you know, not to worry about the past, but sometimes we forget what we know is the right thing to do and sometimes something happens. One of the strangest things I've experienced was when, when I was having these night sweats, which unfortunately they have started coming back recently because I stopped taking these uh, bioidentical hormone supplements. They wasn't ex- exactly medic from the doctor but I was taking over the counter stuff that had really been helping and they had run out of it <laughs> so for two weeks I had none of this stuff so I started it today but anyway so when I was having these hot flushes I would wake up in a panic in an absolute panic and it was like you know it was I, I sometimes I couldn't remember what I was panicking about but it was something like oh I, I, if I don't pay this bill I'm going to lose my house or you know it was irrational and I had to come to terms with it and at the time when I first started perimenopause I was in a very difficult financial situation so I just thought oh this is this I'm just stressing about things that are really stressful you know right but there was one time when I woke up and it, and it was about I really needed to contact this guy or some disaster would happen in the world and then I realized that this guy was actually the ex-husband of a friend of mine and he'd had been having an affair with somebody and me and some friends we'd been talking about it online about this you know and this, I haven't seen this guy for about 20-30 years and I thought how which, has he got anything to do with a disaster in my life? And I thought, this is just my brain. It's like I was dreaming about something and it's become a nightmare and I've woken up, you know. So I had all this anxiety about things. And ever since I realized that point, ever since I realized that it's my brain is just overheating and just turning a dream into what feels like reality, 
And then, yeah, it was really, yeah. So yeah, now like what, a mixture. What, it still happens, you know, this last couple of weeks it's been happening. And then I just say to myself, Pauline, you're just having a nightmare. There's nothing wrong. Just go and have yeah. a shower, cool down. And, you know, but when you don't know, then it's a terrible, terrible anxiety, feeling of distress and, and it's scariness, isn't it? Very much so because it's the unknown. We don't know what's causing it. Mm-hmm. Really, during that time, you know, our memory can go. We get confused. Uh, just like you're talking about, we kind of mix reality with our dreams. Yeah. We go, did I dream that or does that really happen? Yeah. I mean, it, it's scary. Yeah. It's a scary time. Do you find that the hormones were helpful? They could help that give you clarity? I found it, it was, I think it, it was a situation where I didn't realize how much it was helping me until I wasn't taking it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I was very glad that they had it in the pharmacy yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, so good. And um, but the the more I've been hearing about the benefits of bioidentical hormones prescribed by the doctor, I'm definitely going to go and talk to my gynecologist about this. The only problem is I don't know if it's available in Iceland. It's a you know Iceland is a I don't know if you know it's a really really small country. We only have three hundred twenty thousand people living here, so there's a lot of things we can't get. (laughs) You know what you might be able to do? They have online pharmacies and the bioidentical. The bioidentical hormones are, are made up, you know, they, they make them up in the pharmacy. So they may be able to do that and send them to you. That is an option. So that might yeah. be an option. I will, in, in future episodes, I'll talk to people about this and let them know, but just in case there are others in very small countries that can't get these things. Yes. <laughs> because be, yeah. I, I, when you testified there that you took them for four years and it really, really helped you. It really helped. Uh-huh. In fact, you know, because what I had heard, the research that I read said, if you take them four to five years close to before and after your your menstruation stops, yeah. that that's the safest time to take them. That that way, the cancer, as far as worry about getting cancer, it's it's lessened a great deal. Yeah. So, well, I mean, well, I've heard that about reg, you know, traditional hormone replacement therapy, but I haven't heard that about bioidentical hormones. I think what I've been reading about it just recently is that there hasn't been much research done. In, in that respect, but the you know the stories that doctors are hearing from their patients are are, are very con- convincing. You know, you know, the, I haven't heard any any people really worried about bioidentical hormones. It seems to be more the you know the the, the hormones that are made from pregnant mare's urine. That is, synthetic, that, yeah, synthetic. That is right. causing concerns about health things with heart and cancer and things like that. Right. Well, one of the things my doctor told me, my gynecologist, I said, what I need to know is, are the risks the same with synthetic hormones and bioidentical? And she said, I'm afraid they are. And that's what that really concerned me. I thought, well, no, you know, and I'm not sure if that's really the case. I don't think that is the case from what I've been, the experts here have been telling me. But what I will do is I will get somebody on to speak specifically about bioidentical hormones. And I will ask them that question. Great question. The question about what is the difference between, you know, the synthetic one and the, the, the natural bioidentical it, in regards to health, health, health risks. Yeah, health risks. Yeah. I think that's really, really important to know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I will keep you posted on that. And all our listeners. Great. You know. <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to it. So uh, we're di- we are diverging, as I always do. Welcome to my kitchen. <laughs> Have a cup of tea. Talk about all the problems of the world. <laughs> so, can you give me a, a, a typical example of how you help somebody with anxiety? Like, say, right, say I came to your your to talk with you, and I would say, okay, my anxiety is um, I'm 
scared to fly, you know, and my husband wants to go on a trip and I live in an island in the middle of the Atlantic. And so the only way out is by boat or ship and it takes a week to travel on the boat. So how will I go over my anxiety to fly? Is it something like that that you would help people with? Or yeah, that would be a, yeah, that would be a phobia. And if mm. it just started, they hadn't been scared to fly all their life and now all of a sudden they are, I would delve into that. I would say, well, what, tell me about your past. When did this start? When did this, you know, begin? But if you really didn't have much experience flying on a plane and you could go from one country to the next and you're just afraid of the whole idea, then I would probably say, let's try something called tapping. Oh, yes. And tapping is Nick Ortner has the book called The Tapping Solution. And um, also, he, Roger Callahan was, I think, one of the first to really figure out that if you tapped on certain meridians of the body yeah. in a certain way, that you could get relief from almost anything, pain, physical okay. pain, anxiety. So I'd probably try that because it's real, it's simple, and I would go through it with them. I, there's a formula, and I just you know look into the book for phobias for flying, and, and we would go through it together, and often that helps with just a few sessions. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot about this uh, EFT they call it, isn't it? Right, Traffic. emotional freedom technique. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll have you on another time and you can talk us through that. And yeah, <laughs> I'd not, love to. I'm not going through menopause. I'm not going through That's menopause. It. <laughs> well, there, you have to. Well, what it is, you have to really go. I am going through menopause and I hate it, but okay. you know, you have to go. I hate this. This is driving me nuts. I feel like you know, strangling somebody, my neighbor, and I feel like kicking the dog. But you know. So you, you have to get to the true what you're really saying to yourself. Yeah. Because that's how you that's how you get it out. So yeah, it be would be fun to have a session like that. <laughs> and uh, before we we started the recording, we were talking about negative self help talk, and that that's kind of related to what we're talking about now. Um, yeah. So how how do you help people with that? You know, because that, that a lot of us we do that. You know, it's like you know you bang your toe and you say, "Oh, I'm an idiot for you know doing that." You know. Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Exactly. We all do it. We all do it. But what helps is when we when we recognize what we're doing, when we realize what we're saying to a small, you know, when something small happens, like, you know, we bang our toe or we trip over a chair and we go, God, how can, I can't believe I did that. I am such a jerk. I'm an idiot. Like I'm, a said. I'm a glutz. Yeah. But, but realizing that you say that because that can really affect your day, the way you feel about yourself. So the first step is identifying what you say to yourself. And then you can see how most of the thoughts that you have are unfounded, you know, and you challenge them. Every time they come up, you go, oh, there I go again. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm the worst person in the world. I'm I'm an awful person for that comment I made when I got grouchy with my husband. But you, you have to challenge it, and then you can learn to reframe it and say, yeah. okay, you know, this is not the case. I'm not a bad person. Because saying you're a bad person is really about shame. That's really about shame. You know, yeah. if we say, I did this, I wish I hadn't done that. I did that wrong. I wish I, I'm going to do it differently next time. That's guilt over something we did. But if we say, I'm a bad person for doing that, then that's shame. And we, we have to really challenge that and reframe it or the shame will just stick to us. There's one that I that I do often and I don't, I don't it's not even just self-talk. It's, I actually say it out loud, you know, um, it's because I have a really bad lower back. And I, I always, oh, my back's killing me. And yeah. I do. And when I was talking, I think I'm saying, "Why am I telling me my back is killing me?" You know, I don't want to die. You know, it's like so. That's beautiful example. <laughs> yeah, did, my back is killing. Me. 
what should I do in a situation like that? What would be better for me to tell myself? Well, what's what's the truth of the situation? My what back would you is say hurting, is... you know. Okay. My back is really, really hurting. You know, I want to strangle somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what um, can I do, yo, to keep from strangling someone? Well, I think your back is hurting. I think you're. It's a really important for us to say to our body knows when we're in pain, right? Yeah. And and we know we think it. So it's it's okay to go. Oh, my back really hurts, and I. I'm, what can I do about it? You know, how can I? How can I look at this like? How can I treat it without saying it's killing me? Because when you say it's killing me, it, it does something to your psyche, yeah. right? It just pulls you down. Mm -hmm. So you just have to say, you know, okay, I'm going to figure out what I can do about this, whether it's take an aspirin or, you know, do an exercise. Uh, I mean, they say that the pain is the body's way of telling us that something is wrong. Right. So what about if I said something like, oh, my body is telling me to take a break and get up from the computer and stretch. That yeah. would be wonderful. Or, or, or say, yes, oh, that would this pain, is, or, or like, my body is telling me it's time to take a break and take the dog out for a walk. <laughs> yes, yes. I think that's beautiful, Pauline. Yeah. That's, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Kind of like a distraction, you know, too. Because yeah. in a way, that's what it is. You know, I need to take care of myself. And how do I do that? Well, I get up, I move into a different position, and I go take the dog for a walk. Because I'm, I find that if I'm on a deadline and I'm sit, sat at the computer, my back tends to get worse. You know, because I can be sat at the computer for ten hours, which is not very good. <laughs> no, it's not very good. So, yeah. and you know that you know that that you have to get up and take breaks. So, yeah. so now I now I know that my back is not trying to kill me. I, my back is trying to tell no, you tell something. you warn. No, I was going to say warn, but that's not that's quite a negative kind of word as well, isn't it? My back is trying to inspire me to get up and move around and be aware of other parts of my body. <laughs> my right, back so doesn't want you, to be selfish; it wants to share the feelings with all the rest of the body. <laughs> share the joy with the rest of the body. <laughs> I'm, yeah. going to, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to make lots of jokes. I'm going to have a, have a dialogue with me and my back, you know. And how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Did you know that I was here today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? You, you spoke quite loudly to me today. <laughs> well, you know, well, they say it when we're feeling nervous or we're feeling excited or we have a feeling that we don't like or we're sad or we're grieving. It's important to say, to say it. Just yeah. almost say it out. You can say it out loud unless you're around people that might think you're going through a menopausal episode, <laughs> you can say, I'm feeling really sad right now. And, and when you say it out loud or to yourself and to your body, your body knows you are. Mm -hmm. But that's how you will release it or get to what you're, what else you're saying to yourself, mm -hmm. which is probably, you know, I'm sad because I, uh, you know, I made a mistake and I just feel terrible about it. And, you know, so it's okay to say, I, this is how I'm feeling. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm hurting. My back is hurting. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling nervous because that's how you work through it. I suppose it's true. It's like you know, like we, if somebody hurts us, we want them to apologize to us, you know. And if we hurt somebody, we apologize to the person, but we don't apologize to ourselves. Ourselves, <laughs> yeah. And that's the first person uh, we really need to do it. Yeah. To. I mean, you hear of people saying, "Oh, forget," you know, the last person to, for you to forgive is yourself. But actually, to apologize as well, I apologize is a little bit different than forgiving, but. It's just as important, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's it's really the first step. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
No, I didn't mean to do that. Mm-hmm. My teenage boys, when, you know, I'm, you know, nobody's perfect, you know, and sometimes, you know, I'll be a bit, especially if, I, if my back is in a lot of pain, you know, I'm like really grumpy, you know, and they'll say something, and I'll go, rrr, rrr, you know, and they just like, freak out and they, you know, go away, and then after a few minutes, I, I realise, oh, I really hurt their feelings, and I'll go down to the room and I'll say, and they, and they, they look at me, and it's like, oh, she's coming to tell me off again, you know, you know yeah. and I says, no, I'm here to apologise. What? And I says, I spoke out of line. I said that I was very rude to you, like this. And sometimes, my, especially my younger one, but sometimes the older ones well, they have tears in their eyes just for the very fact that I have apologised. And I've, I've acknowledged and honoured them and I said, you know, you didn't deserve that. You didn't, um, it was completely my fault. You did nothing wrong. It was, you know, I was irritated because of my back problem or whatever. And you just happened to come at the wrong time when I was just at the breaking point. I says, you got the brunt of it, so please forgive me. Please, please forgive me. And then they're into, oh, yes, mama, I'll forgive you. <laughs> well, you know, parents we don't usually do that. Parents no. don't usually do that. And that's why it's so touching that you could say that. And I, it made you feel better, too, Yeah, and as well it, as him. It's, I, we, I, I have such a really, really good relationship with my, my boys and even with their friends. <laughs> And sometimes their friends will say, oh, Pauline, and they tell me all their problems in life. And I'll say, why don't you talk to your own mom like this? Oh, I could never talk to my mom like that. Oh, she'd freak out or do this or like that. You know, it's like, so I'm a little bit like an agony aunt. <laughs> agony aunt. <laughs> I think it's for me, it's really, really important to be honest and, and be vulnerable, you know, and, and to be, you know, because, you know, if, if somebody hurts us, you know, speaks out of turn or shouts out or something, we want them to apologise to us. So... It's, if we expect somebody to apologise to us, it's completely fair for us to go and apologise to them. Right. And you know the thing about vulnerability? Being vulnerable, when we're vulnerable, and we express our emotions, and we, we're just kind of let it out and let it be known, we're honest about it, that's how we get to our joy. Yeah. We can't really do it unless we are. So what you did with your son, you know, I don't know. Does that bring you joy at some It that, does. It, you, it, you know, it, it, it makes me feel human, you know, because I... I I'm not pretending to be perfect. I think sometimes we try to pretend to ourselves we're perfect. <laughs> but um, it, it brings me joy to see my sons happy again. You know, because if I hadn't went and apologized to them, they'd just be going, oh, she's a grumpy old menopausal woman. You know, like this. Uh, or from stories that I hear from other kids about talking about their mothers and and their fathers in really bad, negative way. You know, oh, they never apologize, never do this, you know. And... Of course, I would hate for my sons to be talking to other people in a negative way about me. But what I feel is like I'm teaching them how to behave as adults, as mature adults, so that if they behave badly to other people, you know, shout or be aggressive or something like that, they have the courage to say, well, you know, if my mom can apologize to me, I can apologize to this person that I shouted at. And as a mother, that's my, that's when I get my joy knowing that I have that I'm educating my boys to be really good, responsible people in society. Yeah, you're being a role model to them, and they see that. They take that with them. (sighs) The joys of motherhood. (laughs) Yes, the joys of motherhood. (sighs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, now I'm I'm, I'm coming down from a, 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 I was going to say a high of of, um, emptiness syndrome. (laughs) I don't know if it was a high, but it was like, it was really extreme last week, you know, so now I'm, I'm getting to the stage where it's like, oh, I feel okay, they'll be fine. It's really quite difficult. Well, you know what that speaks to, Pauline? Mm -hmm. That speaks to that menopause or 
it really everything we go through in our life is not either or. Yeah. You know, you felt the agony of the empty nest and now you're getting to the other. It's also, yeah, I, it was awful. And now I'm going, okay, look at all the things I can, I have more time to do this. Yeah. That, you know? And that's, we had a, a really funny lady on here a few weeks ago. She has written a book called um, Grumpy Old Menopause. And she was saying, oh, yeah, when my son left home, she says, I went into his bedroom and I, I had all the things that brought back memories. And she says, oh, that lasted just a few minutes. And then I threw everything out and I turned it into my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. So what, what I did was, um, what I did was, you know, I was really gutted for a couple of days I really was and then I just thought stop this I'm going to have a holiday so I booked a holiday to Bulgaria for me and my husband <laughs> so in a few weeks we're flying off <laughs> that sounds like a real vacation a real trip uh-huh. a celebration yes. a celebration of your new your new life I know so let's we're, how we're going to go on from here on just enjoy life yeah um, the more the merrier so um how I keep digressing, you know, we'll go back to this again. How, for our listeners that are going through menopause and they have anxiety, your book is about the, or, and also your podcast, it talks about the joy of anxiety. So how can we find joy and, and meaning even with these awful menopausal symptoms and, and emptiness syndrome and, you know, like hot flushes and memory loss and stuff like that? Um, so well, how- you know, part of it is realizing that it's not um, either or. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I learned that I, I chose my profession because I wanted to get rid of all my anxieties and insecurities, I said, you know, I've got so many, I, I can't live with them. Yeah. I just can't live with them. But, but that was a very black or white thought, wasn't it? So what I did is I, I realized, okay, you can get rid, not get rid of, you can determine where your anxiety is coming from. If it is from a past regret or a future worry that you can explore and challenge and do something about forgiveness usually is the thing. Yeah. Then you can learn how to be in the present with the only anxieties that come up. I mean, there is some anxiety in the present, you know, the fight or flight um, syndrome, you know, but that's, we can learn to be in the present through meditation and tapping and journaling and writing. And so we say, okay, yeah, I've got this anxiety and I, I hate these symptoms, but I also know that when I get to this stage of my life, that I'm going to be able to take care of myself instead of all those people that I've been taking care of in the first part of my life. You know, we mother, we nurture, we parent, we do all that. And we take care of everybody else but us. Once we get through that change, that transition, it's time for us to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there's joy in that. We find more meaning. You know, I mean, we can find more meaning. Mm -hmm. Find out what we're, we're going to do. So one day, for example, you could say, you know, we go back to... We always want to say, you know, one day you feel like you want to choke the life out of your husband. Okay. But at the same time, you can go, oh, but later today I get to go see my grandkids. That's so exciting. You know, I mean, they're two extremes, obviously, but that's the awfulness of it. It's also the, the agony and it's also the ecstasy. We have to view it that way, that it's not all, it's not all awful. Mm-hmm. In your experience, what are the main anxieties that menopausal women have? Well, it could really be anything. I mean, I think they're most worried about their symptoms. I think a lot of women, not everyone, but a lot of women are grieving the loss of being able to have children. Yes. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, no, this is, 
this is actually a time where I don't have to worry about birth control or worry about getting pregnant. But menopause is a loss. And I think, I think that's a lot of what we experience is, um, grief, uh, a loss of our youth, a loss of our, you know, we get, we get all dried up. We worry about our femininity and our beauty and, and whether or not we're, you know, attractive to the opposite sex. So. Oh, I just keep telling my husband, what are you worried about? You've got a hot babe in your bed. <laughs> That's right. She's hotter than ever, ever than she ever was before. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, I think finding support is so important for all of us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and seeing it again in a different, with a different perspective. When we, in the first stage of our life, we are so concerned with, as women, we tend to compete with other women for men. Mm-hmm right for a spouse to build a family mm-hmm. now we can be supportive to each other and go through it and find humor in it we don't find humor when somebody else says oh yeah you you look at you you're cranky because you're going through menopause ha 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 no we find it when we when we say something like the the chin what did oh <laughs> there was a quote online i thought it was so funny she this woman wrote do these chin hairs make my butt look big <laughs> <laughs> i thought now that's Hilarious because we worry about that. We worry about both of those things. And the chin hairs come with menopause. They they also come when you take hormones. I don't know if you've noticed that, but if you ever take testosterone, you will find your face gets even hairier than it might be. But so it's it's really finding humor and saying, okay, this isn't going to last forever. But these anxieties that that people come in with, just reframing it as kind of normal. Mm-hmm. I think that um, when our hormones are going up and down and it is affecting our brain, as I was yeah. mentioning before, I had these terrible anxieties to wake up with a, with a terrible in a terrible panic. And I think it has to do with the hormone fluctuation and it is affecting our brain and we're not thinking straight. So right. A lot, and, and as you said, if we get support, even if it's just a, a local group or a, we have a lot of now Facebook groups where you can go on and talk to other women. There's one, a great one that I'm in, it's called Menopause Magazine on Facebook. And you can talk about your anxieties, your stresses, your, you know, it's like some, some women are around there at like four in the morning. I woke up in a hot flash and I, I can't get back to sleep and, and I'm in a panic about this. And there's somebody at the other side of the world. It's maybe four o'clock in the afternoon for them. And they say, oh, I know what it's like. I was up last night at four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just validate each other yeah. and say it's okay. And, you know, another thing to check for women is their thyroid. Because thyroid can also fluctuate a lot and um, it can cause depression and, you know, fogginess, which is part of menopause. Yeah. So that could be thyroid or it could be hormonal. So it's it's important to get a good workup. Yeah, a blood work really and really see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a bit more about your books? Where can people buy them? Well, my print book, The Joy of Anxiety, Transforming Your Worry to Wonder in the Second Half of Your Life, will be out Probably the end of October in print on Amazon. Okay. And is it is it in ebook form just now? It's in the ebook form now. I'm getting ready to upload the newer version. I've done some re-editing, so I'm going to do that probably today. Okay. So uh, you can get it that way, or or wait for the print book on Amazon. And the Joy of Nada, a humorous memoir of self-discovery. Has that been out in print now for a while? Yes, that's been on print and on Kindle for a while. And there's a whole chapter on menopause. And I, you know, I, I talk about it humorously because I was kind of at the end of my menopause. So I could talk about it humorously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, because while, while we're in it, it's still a little hard. It's hard to do. But, um, uh-huh. 
and and again that's that nada is the same as your dog it's spanish it means nothing yeah it means nothing and and that is all based on how i grew up kind okay. of feeling that way because of growing up as the third daughter in an italian american family and uh had to find my purpose and mm -hmm. what you know what my meaning was because i felt very redundant and almost like oh, been there done that what is another how could another girl help this family that's looking for a male to carry on the name okay. so i i felt I, I wrote it with that you know that's kind of a, a double entendre mm -hmm. but also then i found this great joy in this little dog i happened to name nada mm -hmm. so um it's kind of my transformative experience with her and with writing about my life oh, that sounds wonderful so so it's been really wonderful chatting with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to keep you to that about coming back another time and going through this EFT with us, this, this tapping. Because yes. Because it's something that I have um, been meaning to. I've been on, I've, I've seen Joe Ortner on, online and I've done a few sessions, but then I got caught up with other things that, you know, I have a little bit ADHD. I'm doing a bit of this, a bit of this, a bit of this. <laughs> yeah. But it's something that I really would like to sit down and, and, uh, listen about you know study more and i'm sure that many of our listeners would be very interested to hear about it and maybe your listener can can write in and say what they would like help with and we could do a session and go through it together and that is a really help. good idea we could maybe even um, pick somebody who writes in and have them online yeah this. and maybe next time your your camera will be working so we can see what you're doing we really need to have the camera working that time right sure uh -huh. sure absolutely <laughs> and this time we'll just have your beautiful picture up when we put it up on. eventually all the podcasts are going to be put on youtube so people that don't have access to podcasts or um, would rather see beautiful sexy women like us on video <laughs> We can have it on, on video as well. I think okay. um, I think a tapping thing, definitely we need a video for that. I'll, okay. I'll just show people just now. It's they go something like this and something like yes, this. Yes, and what we'll do is I will I will set it up where I actually say what we're Down tapping here. on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm talking like this, like a robot. <laughs> so that's going to be great something to look forward to and if people want to get your book they can and you know what we haven't got we haven't talked about is you do you have a web page i do have a web page it's called thejoyofanxiety.com and i'm also starting a teleclass a week from today actually. okay a teleclass and it's it's going to be called the peace plan how to make peace with your anxiety okay so it'll, it'll be it'll be about a few days before we get this online so can you tell us the, the date that that's going to be online yes it's going to be october 7th at one o'clock mountain time but you know you can listen at any time you can listen live okay or and, it'll be recorded okay and um, how how can people sign up for that if they go to uh, www.thejoyofanxiety.com, that very first page, it will tell you all about it and show you how to register. And how much does it cost? It's one forty-seven. Okay. For four weeks. That's for four weeks. So is that like one one talk a week? Yeah, it's seventy-five minutes a week. Okay. And then, of course, there's also going to be a Facebook page, so people can communicate privately. They can communicate with me and with other members of the group to ask questions and to offer feedback and comments okay great so we'll we'll get this episode to our editor so we'll get it online before that begins okay great okay, <laughs> okay so we'll talk to you soon thank you very much sir thank bye you Polly, for having me okay and just to let people know that we haven't been giving out any medical advice today on today's show if 
you want medical advice, please go to your medical practitioner and don't sue us. Don't, no, Sue is here. Sue is legacy, not Sue. <laughs> I'm just playing with words. I'm just playing with words. What I'm saying is like um, everything is cool here and just do your due diligence. If you like everything that you've heard here, then tune in next time because next time it's going to be, next time we're going to be talking with a wonderful lady who's going to tell us how to be able to say no in a very polite way, in a nice way that won't offend people and we won't take on too much stuff in our life, which we tend to do. Okay, so until that time, bye for now. Thanks for listening to Menopause Morph, your time to change. If you've enjoyed the program, be sure to subscribe to the next one and please leave a rating and review on iTunes to help us spread the message about thriving through the menopause. To get a free ebook, more menopausal resources, and to connect with Pauline, please visit www.menopausemorph.com.